Welcome to the Digital Families Podcast. I'm Leonie Smith, sometimes known as the Cyber Safety Lady. I'm a cyber safety educator and this podcast is all about learning how to use the digital technology in our homes with more safety and balance. My guest today is the wonderful Nan Bosler. Nan is a community activist and an advocate for young people, the elderly and people with disabilities. She is an author and most notable internationally for her involvement with computer clubs and digital skills for older people, along with many other awards. <laughs> She's got a lot of them. She has received over the years. In 2019, Nan was awarded an AM of the Order of Australia for significant service to seniors and to the community. And we're gonna find out about a lot of that in today's chat. In 1997, Nan founded the Australia Seniors Computer Clubs Association. I have to add that in there. And so that's the ASCCA. She has represented the ASCCA nationally and internationally and has been a member of the Cybersecurity Awareness Week Committee, Broadband for Seniors Kiosk Consortium, Ambassador for Seniors Week. She's a member of the New South Wales Carers Advisory Council and a National Cybersecurity Awareness Ambassador. She was a, a Cybersecurity Awareness Ambassador in 2013, as was I, and that's when I met this delightful lady. Nan, welcome to the Digital Families Podcast. Well, after all of that, <laughs> well, let, let me say that the cyber lady, the cybersecurity lady is certainly a good term for you. Delighted to <laughs> chat with you. <laughs> Uh, and and me you as well Nan um, uh, I can't wait to talk to you about this subject it's a subject I'm very passionate about which is about seniors online seeing I have a couple of them in my family my husband is now a senior online and he's coping extraordinarily well through this for somebody who only found out how to turn his iPhone on and off again um, after five years of having one Nan five years uh, he is now Zooming every day for work. He's worked out with his band how they can all record together individually and put it all together using all kinds of apps and, and things. So it's just a matter of willpower. Um, some of the more boring things that we had to do on the internet, he refused, point blank, to learn how to do. Um, and of course, my dad, who's now 88 and is also Zooming occasionally. So I've got a lot of questions to talk to you about how seniors are doing in this environment where we're all being um, encouraged to do more things online because of um, social distancing, which is still going on in some cases. But first of all, I want to ask you, um, Nan, tell us a little bit about your background. What led you to founding the Australia Seniors Computer Clubs Association back then? What was it that you that you saw and noticed at that time where you felt that was an important association to start? Well, you know, Leonie, I'm a community person inside out. There's mm. no doubt about that. And I first uh, met a gentleman at Pickwater Council because I was a, a community development officer at council looking after age and disability. And this chappy would come in and he would talk to me about his tinnitus group and get me to promote it for him. 
but he realized that I was actually using a computer. And he said, we've just started a little group at Narrabeen. Why don't you join us when you retire? Now, by this stage, I was also a primary carer. My husband had had a stroke, two strokes, actually. Uh, I was still able to work for a little while, uh, but it got to the stage where I needed to be at home with him because his needs were getting greater. Anyhow, Wall would say to me, well, why don't you come and join us? After I retired, I did go down to that little computer club. And uh, I was quite surprised when they actually were thinking that I was going to be their next president. He'd been, <laughs> he'd been working at Swifty. <laughs> um, and I said, you know, in, in an alarm, well, look, I don't really know this group yet. I couldn't possibly. Uh, and, and I said, you know, oh, he said, look, there's nothing to it. And everybody who's ever been approached to become a, uh, an office bearer in an organisation will know the statement, there's not much to do and we'll all help you. Uh, and I said, well, I, I've retired because I'm my husband's primary carer. His needs are going to get greater, not lesser. Anyhow, they wouldn't hear anything, anything about it. They wanted me still sort of to nominate for president. I said, well, two, two reasons why I would and two conditions. One, I would probably have to do a lot of work from home because two, Bill's needs are going to always be more, not less. Mm -hmm. Oh, no problem. I said, well, actually, the other thing is I really like what you're doing and I think we should try and form it into a national organisation. Even that didn't discourage him. He said, oh, no problem. <laughs> so I did stand, I did become president, and the first thing I discovered that they had no insurance and no incorporation, so that was a good start. <laughs> did you have a, a background with computers before that? Uh, yes, only to a very, very lesser extent. I had run holiday programs for teenagers. I had run some adult courses, uh, organising rather than actually teaching. Yeah. And... Uh, I had actually sort of got my first computer, a genuine uh, uh, 286, and I was desktop publishing local history books. What, what I, era was that? Was that in the 90s? That was it. That was in the late 80s. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> you beat me. I didn't start doing that stuff until about 1995, and I was doing desk, what was known as desktop publishing as well. <laughs> right. Well, I started the local history resource unit. And uh, so little books from the organisation became sort of, you know, a, a way to go. So yeah. that's where I started off. I've never been extremely good with technology. Uh, I use it as a tool. Yeah. I'm far more a people person, encouraging yeah. people to use it. But I yeah. am a technical person teaching them how to use it. Mm. But you saw at that time that there was a need um, for seniors I to start to need because I could see it was going to become a really a very big part of our lives. Now, that holiday program that I was running for teenagers, I had mm -hmm. one of the most wonderful experiences there. With, at the end of the, 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 the class, a parent came up to me with tears in her eyes mm. and said, you've given my son a reason to live. Wow. Now, I was a bit taken aback, but her son was in a wheelchair. Mm. He had cerebral palsy and he had mm. seen no purpose in his life. He couldn't see any reason for even being alive. Oh but he took to computers like a duck to water. Mm. See, computers and, are amazing for 
people with disabilities and I've spent a lot of mm. my time online as mm. a parent of, of boys with disabilities and in online communities mm. where there is a great many people with disabilities and you can't tell when they're online no, with their disabilities. It's an even playing field and in mm. some ways, mm. um, particularly with people on the spectrum, um, because they get confronted in social situations and they don't know how to handle it, having mm. that screen in that distance means that they don't um, have some a lot of the issues that they normally would have face-to-face. -face. Mm. Um, so as a parent, I picked that up very, very quickly, that both my boys were going to be amazing on computers, but at the same time, um, because I'd been working in that space for a long time, I knew what the dangers were and mm. I had to be absolutely sure that they were going to be safe because they're 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 vulnerable. They're more vulnerable. Yes. Um, and I guess Nan, you would have seen that in your experience with seniors and the disabled people that you're working with. That although the computers and the internet is amazing, gives them access to all sorts of things they wouldn't normally. There's mm. a, a they're also very vulnerable. They are. And what this organisation that I've actually sort of started off. I might have been the driving force, I might have started, but it's always been a team, a team activity, no doubt about that. Uh, but um, I can see right in that very beginning that the level playing field for people with a disability and even the normal process of ageing can make it hard for older people. I can see that technology was going to be a way forward of enormous value. But as you say, there are dangers. Mm. But I didn't want to frighten them. But I wanted, mm. and I still want seniors to be aware, mm. but confident users of the internet. Mm. They need to know all the things they can do to keep themselves safe, the things to ignore, the things to sort of you know, watch out for. But it's too good to miss. So we've got to help them to be aware and confident users, but safe. Mm. So and that's, that's where you come in. <laughs> yeah, and, and I think... In general, there's a lot more awareness, but unfortunately, there's also a lot more driving the crime that's online at the moment. Oh. And and obviously, during this pandemic, mm. um, we can see where there's some failures along the way. So mm. in your communities that you're in constant connections, you have constant um, communications with, mm. what are some of those things that you're seeing at the moment with the social distancing, which is relaxing now, um, and the reliance on the internet for so many different things. How are seniors in general coping through all of this? Is there, have you noticed there's an enthusiasm to take it up or has it gone the other way and people feel completely hobbled and helpless now that they have to do so many things online? Well, it's not a one-size-fits-all. We've got both. We've got the hesitant people who are still a little bit nervous about trying something new and can get easily sort of pushed aside unless you encourage them and support them. You've got the others who can't get to it quick enough. You see, look at the situation we've got across Australia. We have all these computer clubs with their doors closed. Suddenly, the older people who have been coming to that club, not only to learn technology, but also for the social inclusion, yeah. suddenly they don't have that. And so many of our members are in the 70s, 80s, 90s age groups. And so many of them are living alone. How many They're clubs widows. are there, Nan? Mm. Oh, How there many clubs are, have you got? Probably more, about 100 in New South Wales. 
and we've got them in every state and territory of Australia. Yeah. And uh, it's, it's, it, it's really very, very sad to think that any club who hasn't been able to make that transition to keep in touch with their members and trainers via yeah. Zoom or some other platform, uh, they'll find it hard to actually open the doors again because people have sort of, when they're not part of something, it's very hard to go back to it. You think they might sort of drift away? Yeah, they drift away. They see something new or they, they go, well, I really couldn't do it very well, I won't bother. But yeah. it's been absolutely wonderful to see that the way they have sort of taken to all this new learning. In fact, the norm, when we get back to it, will be different to what it was before. Yes. I can see that there will be a lot more online learning happening through the clubs than there has been before. Yes. Now, places like the Northern Territory in Western Australia, we have programs there that are dependent upon video conferencing because of the distances. Mm. Uh, and so they have, they've got lots of programs sort of developed in places like that. But more of those programs have been utilised in, in suburban areas. Mm. And as our members get older, those who have a difficulty in uh, mobility or transport, how good to be able to just connect and sort of talk to their trainer via Zoom, talk as we are talking now and say, well, look, I'm having a bit of difficulty with that. I, I can't seem to get past the first introduction. Ah, let me show you. And then there's a demonstration from the trainer on the other side. It's a conversation. It's still face-to-face. -face. There's mm. just a screen in between. Yeah, that's right. Mm. Um, are you finding in some of those cases, though, that we've got a bit of a, um, a lack of availability so in some of those areas they're struggling to get decent internet to run these classes or maybe they don't have the right equipment nan well some of them are i think and also there is a great problem with the cost of the internet because many people have a very limited fixed income and uh, there is a, is a strata of older people in australia who do not use the internet mm. do not know anyone who uses it and can see no mm. value for it so they think that any money spent on a connection is it's an absolute waste. I do notice that there are some plans available now for seniors. Um, my dad's about to go on to the NBN, which yes. I'm helping him with, because <laughs> they're not repairing his connection anymore. They've just said, look, we're not repairing it anymore because you're going to go on the NBN. And there's a right. senior plan that he can go on, which is quite good enough for him. It's a low data plan mm. low speed plan and it's perfect for him he's only sort mm. of using the internet for watching youtube videos <laughs> <laughs> he watches a lot of youtube he looks up all his old favorite comics and stuff like that on, on youtube isn't that good? i know it's fantastic because he, yeah. he's forgotten how to use the dvd player you see so <laughs> he uses youtube and he's zooming now you know he's he's doing zoom meetings and i've taught him how to do that and uh FaceTime and all that kind of stuff. But are you seeing that uh, from the telcos that there seems to be a willingness to maybe create some senior um, there, plans? There has, has been some good moves in that, in that direction. That's really good. Uh, ASCA has been working with other organisations, particularly ACAN, excuse me, <coughs> particularly with ACAN. And uh, it, it's very pleasing because that will make a big difference, an enormous difference. If older people can uh, afford to be using them. Of course, many older people have a little bit more money now than they ever had mm. uh, because they don't have the expenses of children at school or things like yeah. that. 
but there are still that strata that must have that help. And when you mm. consider Australia is a generation, have so many older people, we're a nation where the majority of our residents are older. Mm. And if you don't address the needs of those older people, you're in trouble. I think one of the areas that needs a lot of work, Nan, is um, in uh, care homes. Um, I have, mm. a, have a mother-in-law who's very elderly in a care home mm -hmm. and um, I don't think there's enough being done to connect them with their families through this online. Um, my husband wanted to do FaceTime <laughs> with, with his mother and it turned out that the, the nurse just left her with the iPad and she was only looking at herself. She couldn't mm. see him at all. So yeah. do, do you hear about that as well? That we, we do need hear to... about that. We yeah. are trying to introduce uh, activities into retirement complexes and such. Uh, some of them are absolutely excellent, but some of them still haven't got the word. And that's a pity because it is not fair. They're being disadvantaged by not allowing them to keep in touch with their family in a way that sort of suits them. It's their general well-being that's suffering. So it's, is that because they don't want, they don't have the resources, these, these care homes don't have the resources or, or not prepared for the, the financing? And well, I think it's the motivation to start with. They don't quite see the value of it or it's, it's a matter of, of staffing. They don't, have their staff, they don't have sufficient staff with enough skills to be able to help. There, there are a lot of issues uh, and sometimes it is difficult for them to be able to do that, but it's a part of, of, of what should happen. I mean, retirement complexes these days, people ask, what's the internet connection like? Are there, is there a computer activity within the group? I mean, it's a part of living these days. It's expected. Mm. So what do we need to do to make it better? Or we just keep whinging. <laughs> <laughs> just keep whinging. We, we, need, we need to do more than that. We need to be able to offer opportunities to them. And... Uh, uh, it's all, always a, a cost factor, I suppose. Uh, ASCA, of course, has no, has no core funding. We never have. So we just work on sort of project funding, if I like. And we also need to get people out, people that are qualified to go out to these places and, and, and help them set it up and make suggestions and trainers and all those kinds of people too. They yeah. do, and there are organised setting themselves up. There are people setting up their own little businesses. Now, that's fine, but the trouble is many of them see seniors as a niche mark to, money make, to make money out of. Mm. And that's, that is so sad. You that, think that uh, they're, 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 they're charging too much money for what they're doing? And some are. Some are definitely yeah. charging far too much money. I'm sorry, I've got emails coming in. <laughs> <laughs> You're not reading them in the middle of our conversation, man. <laughs> Ignore those. Um, I, pro I promise not to read them. <laughs> <laughs> You're getting distracted. Pay attention. <laughs> so um, my question to you, another question to you is during this particular time, what has been the most difficult thing for seniors during the social distancing? Is it things like banking, um, uh, the COVID SAFE Act, for instance? There, there's been some issues around um, elderly people actually not even having smartphones to download those on it and really being quite fearful around it that if they don't have this COVID safe app on their phone that they're vulnerable in some way because they've misunderstood the messaging around it. What, what have you been hearing, particularly around this pandemic that seniors are really struggling with that we need to, to get on top of because we don't know if there's going to be a second wave, if we'll all go back into lockdown or any of those things? 
there is no doubt about it, there is a level of fear. Uh, most of us are self-isolating. Um, we find it more comfortable, but we've had a lot of help. Now, for instance, if I need new, new prescriptions made up, I just contact my, my pharmacy mm. uh, and, and they would actually deliver them for me. So I don't mm. leave the house. I've got an app uh, for that, Nan. I've just, mm. I've just signed up to an app. I've got an app. Well, right, fine. I mean, there are so many, there are so many resources, no yes. doubt about them. Now, uh, you're right about the phones. Now, many seniors don't like using a mobile phone. Mm. Uh, they're very likely to have one, have it charged, but it's for an emergency. Okay. Now, I know myself, I'm virtually at my computer all day, every day, unless I'm off at a meeting. Now, if I'm at a meeting, well, not these days, but normally, if I'm at a meeting or mm. if I'm shopping or if I'm travelling, I don't want a phone call. <laughs> I don't want a phone call. Mm. Uh, but I will have a phone. Mm. Uh, and a lot of the phones that older people have are purely that, a phone. Mm. It's merely something that they can ring or they can get a message or, or text or something like that, but they don't have the facility for apps and things like that. Mm. Uh, but once again, one size doesn't fit all. There are many seniors who have more devices than, than a younger person. They yeah. love them and they use them and they have the app loaded there so they are able to sort of you know, say well yes i've got the corporate safe app on my phone but there will be those people who haven't and we those see people who just sort of are thinking well i'm at home all the time i'm not going anywhere hmm. why do i need to do it um I, I wonder with the government making sort of pronouncements like this they completely ignore the fact that there is a whole group of people out there that will find that a real struggle it doesn't it isn't a one-size-fits-all mm. as you as you've said mm. nan and i know with with my own dad he can't do online banking um we've set him up for online banking as soon as the mm. isolation came with so that we have the ability to help him do it mm. yep. um but you, did you find that was a real problem for a lot of seniors as well were they they couldn't pay the bills is, so they would normally go down to the post office for instance to pay bills and then they can't they go to the post office, they go to the bank, or they use phone banking. Mm -hmm. uh, they just haven't taken that last step to use internet banking. Yeah. But it, it's not difficult. And if uh, now, say, for instance, one of our club members was to um, uh, say to their trainer when they had their Zoom meeting, look, I, I, I've never done any internet banking. Can you show me how to do it? Mm. Now, they can be shown how to do it, but shown carefully because the trainer doesn't want their details no that's, that's right. of their privacy yeah so, and it puts that person in a very vulnerable situation it does mm -hmm. so an ideal thing is that they sort of uh, they they can sort of put put the steps to do lay out the steps of what to do and send them an email these are the steps you need to follow you have the steps you do it and i'll stay i'll watch and, and help you if need be but yeah, I don't okay. want your numbers. I don't want your passwords. Yeah. They're, they're yours and you must never share them with anyone. Start with us. Start mm. making sure that the person knows that they don't share their password with, with their trainer. Are you hearing of more examples of um, elderly people being taken advantage of during this time, Nan? Because, because 
everything has to be done online and they're being talked into things that they um, normally wouldn't wouldn't be. Well, I think that's probably right, but I also think a lot of people have just made sure they're not in a position where they have uh, have been put into a, a risk situation of having something taken out of their account or whatever. They're just not doing anything. Mm. And that's not going to be sustainable in the longer term. It's, I, it's I read not. something um, today that they think within six years there'll be no cash left. They've, it's going to be a cashless society. Well, it's, I mean, it's, 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 they're coming to that now, isn't it? Yeah, because people, people don't want cash. cash because they want contactless mm. um, transactions. Yes. So yes. getting yes. rid of the cash, mm. <laughs> emptying out all your little jars. I did that well well before the full lockdown. I had a whole jar full of coins, oh, Nan, and I was yeah. using it every day for buying my coffee because I knew that within a week or two there'd be nobody would want them. Well, go back to the 70s, the 60s. Mm. My husband was the, was the bane of our local bank. Oh, no, no. <laughs> because what he did when he, when he retired, he actually sort of went through the household budget and he allocated. He knew that we, we actually need to allocate so many pounds, shillings and pence per, per fortnight for gas or for electricity. And he'd go along with all these little separate bank books Oh, this was the one for gas, this was the one for electricity, this was one for holidays. And they'd see him coming and say, oh, hello, Mr. Mosler. And he'd had his stack of, of books and all these little envelopes of money. We've gone way, way past that, thank heavens. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So this might seem like a, a fairly insensitive question, but I'll mm. ask it. Um, I sometimes think that governments and people that are in charge of... <laughs> doing all this sort of stuff to help seniors are just sitting there waiting for the day that seniors all just die off and then this next generation come through that won't need any help with this type of thing. Well, there's a general What's your feeling opinion on? Do you think there will always be a sort of a gap between older people and, and in younger generations with technology or, or do you really think at some point there'll be, there won't be much difference? Well, you know, I've got, I've got news for anybody listening who thinks that Older people are the only ones that have this problem. Mm. There are many younger people. There are many middle-aged people. Mm. And there are many older people who do not use any of these things now. They don't mm. want to, they don't know how to, and they resist even bothering to try. So it's mm. not just a problem for older people. It's just that there are more of us. But yeah. uh, as for just sort of biding their time until we're no longer there, there will always be someone new coming up who does not want to use it. So there's mm. always going to be a need. I mean, people say to me, well, surely you've outlived, and outlived the need for computer clubs. No, we're just doing different things. There'll always be okay. a need for basic instruction, but people are using technology for different things now. Mm -hmm. uh, but we'll always need those clubs where those who need to be helped to use the MyGov situation or mm. to start internet banking, mm. or even just to learn how to keep in touch with family and friends. Because when you essentially retire, and you might be mm. 70 by the time you retire, the way things are going at the moment, you do lose that day-to-day -day connection with other people around you to learn things. And you might decide to completely flip your life around at 70. Mm. You, know, you did that at 50, mm. Nan. 
um, and decide to recreate yourself, which might mean you have to learn an entirely new skill. And I know you did that at 50. You went back to university at 50 years yes. of age. Yeah, yeah. So was that during the computer era that uh, you did that? Well, it was interesting because it, it was, but... It was sort of I'm not asking which year it was because, you know, <laughs> I'm trying to be polite. It, it was 286 a sort of thing. There was no way of referencing. Mm. So if I need to reference, I'd have to sort of somehow, I would type a line at the bottom of the page, change the font into a very small font to put the, the, uh, the mm. footnote in and somehow rather fiddle and fuss to find a little number I could put into the, uh, you know, the, into the position further up in the text. Yeah. Uh, it was difficult. So my next question, um, Nan, is with Computer Pals, what is the future looking like for Computer Pals? Because you just said that with um, a lot of people, they might drift away. Do you think it's really important for them to have that face-to-face -face learning for seniors? Because I know that the government have put out a lot of education for seniors, but it's online. Um, and one of the biggest problems I see with that is that for a lot of seniors, just getting to the point of being able to access that information online is impossible for them. It, it's very difficult. It's, it's quite new to a lot of people. They're very used to, used to coming down to the clubs and actually sitting beside a trainer and sort of working out how to do various things. But... I really think the majority of them have sort of thoroughly enjoyed this new experience. Those clubs that have been so active keeping their clubs involved um, are thoroughly enjoying themselves. They have liked the security of not, not having to leave the house at this stage. Yeah. Because, you know, they, they, are, they are wary. They, they hear people say, well, look, you're the, you're the age group that you have to worry about. You're the That's most right. vulnerable. And they think, yeah. oh, Am I? Oh. So they've been quite comfortable staying at home. Uh, the fact that they've been actually able to talk to somebody the way we are talking now means yeah. that they, they haven't been sort of isolated totally. Mm. Do you know, these Zoom meetings are probably the only time some of them put their lipstick on. Well, that's my, the same for me. Yeah, I mean, this is what happens. This is what happens. I know. I go. I do my hair and mm. put some lipstick on, and the boys look at me and say, "You got a Zoom on, or you're going out somewhere, Mum?" <laughs> it's so random. This is my Zoom face. I'm I'm dressed respectfully from the from the waist up. I've got my slippers <laughs> on and my tracky dacks, and <laughs> I mean that's important. It's important. I mean, there's got to be a reason for people to get up. There's got to be a reason yeah. for people to do their hair and, and put their lippy on. And they are missing so much, you know, going out to, to dinner or going to the RSL or mm. the, the men's shed or whatever, mm. wherever that they go to meet. Mm. They are missing mm. all of that at the moment, Nan. They're missing it badly. But yeah. can you imagine if they didn't have these online connections? Yes. Can you and imagine if they just had their four walls? And a lot of people don't. Uh, they don't. So what do, we what, need to do? what do we need? What do we need to do, Nan, to make it better for the majority of seniors? Then, well, we just need to try harder to help more older people to understand that learning how to use technology, even just one form of technology, is going to empower them. Mm. They're missing out. They're being disadvantaged. So we've got to try and help them. Now, mm. ASCA is a pretty much a, a volunteer organisation. 
because we sort of the cost that a, a member may pay to join a club for a term mm. is less than a many of these these you know companies that have been set up more than they could charge for an hour. Mm. Of course, thirty terms are sort of ten weeks lessons and meetings and all the rest of it, and yeah. you would you wouldn't get an hour for thirty dollars from a, a professional organisation. Yeah. So it's a, it's a cost factor. There's no doubt about that. But yes. we need to be able to help more people learn. So quite frankly, we need we need government funding. I know that a lot of a lot of funding goes to one major organisation that is is doing all sorts of wonderful things throughout Australia. But mm. there are all the other small organisations that are doing really valuable work who yeah. need rent paid, they need insurance paid, they have all sorts of things like that. So we do need a wider a wider spread of um, of funding, no doubt about that. It uh, it's very difficult. I mean, I've spent twenty two years desperately Winching. searching per hundred dollars, <laughs> per thousand dollars, whatever. Yeah. And uh, it, it it's hard work, and it's becoming harder and harder to get funding. And I worry too about expecting people to put in the time that I put in. I mean, I can put in a fifteen-hour day without any trouble at all. Wow! And uh, it's not a problem because I don't get paid. So it doesn't matter how many hours I work. But I mean, this is a situation. There are people out there who who need to be going out to these retirement villages. They need yep. to be sort of helping people to learn. Yeah. Uh, and we need to be able to pay their expenses if we can. So you need but more volunteers? Always need more good volunteers, always. And who do but, they contact uh, then if, they want, if you've got somebody who wants if to they, If they want to contact, they can either contact me by email, and that's asca, A-S-C-C-A, at asca.org.au. Or we have, our, we have two part-time staff, and they're both working from home. Okay. Uh, so our office number is still being answered and that's nine two eight six three eight seven one but i complain about needing funding we do need funding but there's a great joy in actually having an organization that's run by seniors for seniors and we're yes. quite prepared to put our time our energy and our own, own costs into that because we believe in it yes and then you you've got you guys know exactly what it is that you need as well. You don't have somebody that's divorced from that whole area telling you how to run things um, their way when it may not work. It may not be suitable. They don't always understand how an older person learns. Yes. Uh, it, uh, it's, it, it's a skill. Yeah, actually, some classes, intergenerational sort of activities where an older person is being taught by a younger person yeah. can be fabulous. It's a wonderful experience both ways. Yeah. But those younger people need to understand that a senior must learn in a non-threatening, friendly environment. <laughs> yes. And they must learn at their own pace. Because it can be very frustrating then to teach someone um, who's oh, older how to use this. Some things. of us must drive you mad. <laughs> well, we keep, we keep asking questions. I, 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 I'm quite good at doing charts. So I, <laughs> that's why I made my manual because I knew people needed pictures and step-by-step step rather because I think it's very difficult sometimes just to read instructions in text to yes. interpret what's. And so 
I put pictures on everything. So for my dad, there's all sorts of little bits of paper stuck up on the wall around his printer and and oh, taught him how to forward emails and stuff. And I include pictures because I think that really helps. I think that's wonderful. I think it's fabulous. Now, that's another thing we'll do with ASCA classes. We might teach a class, but we'll give them good notes too. Mm. Because while someone is showing you how to do something, yeah. they say, oh, press control, then press A, and, and you think, mm. oh, right, that's clear. But then you go home and you think, which one do I press first? Or yes, do I press them both at once? Yeah. So you need clear plain english yeah notes so that you can you can repeat what you've learnt later on by yourself because there's a there's an enormous presumption that um people have a basic understanding of how computers work so it, this was very clear to me when my 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 mother died and my dad was on his own with the computer mm. and somebody mentioned a cursor to him What's no a idea cursor? what a cursor what on earth is a cursor so we're starting from that level of, of lack of awareness or understanding of the internet and how it works. It's, and for people that have used computers for a long time, that's all second nature. But you have to remember that a lot of people come from that level of, of basic um, understanding that you, you can't just assume they know how things work no. at all. And even those who are using technology fairly well, if they're self-taught, they've lost a lot of that foundation. They've worked out ways to do things. Oh, I know. And they're sometimes the most ridiculous ways of doing Absolutely. things. Absolutely. <laughs> they, they take 10 steps when really you could do it in one step. They look, then you know, that's what happens. A, an example might be that they actually do a search for Google first before. Mm. I, I used to see that quite a lot with people that would actually do a search in a Google search bar for Google before they Googled something. And it was just yeah. a matter of me saying, oh, no, that is Google that you were putting it into. Or they would use the word Google for all kinds of different things that didn't make sense. So it was just the mm. way that they thought about things and the way they'd already done things. Yes, yes. Talking of, talking of Google or any of those other things, it's remarkable how easy you can get this uh, COVID safe app just by saying, please install. And it's done. Oh, okay. So... Explain that, Nan, because I haven't done that. What What are you talking about? All right, about? now, okay. You you open your phone up, and you've yes. got the situation. You've got the screen there, which's got the little magnet, the little uh, microphone. Press that and say, "Google, Siri. please install uh, <laughs> Corbin Safe app." All right, okay. So you're Google. using Siri or Go or Google, and you basically say or, Google or whatever, or whatever, Siri, or whatever it is engine. that you're, yeah, you're using. Yeah. Please install. So the some have tried that and it's worked. Very, very well done. Mm. That's 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 good. I hadn't thought of that. <laughs> so, but, uh, um, but yes. The other thing that I wanted to mention before we finish this, and it's been a really fantastic conversation, was from my perspective, I'm starting to see um, not a lot, but quite a few grandparents showing up to my parent talks because they are carers for their grandchildren. Yes. Um, and. They've, they don't they feel they don't know enough about what they have to be careful and what they have to be aware of when their kids are visiting. Mm -hmm. uh, what are you seeing in regards to that with elderly people who are now carers for their grandchildren and also being challenged um, with technology and they've got children that they're caring for in their homes might even be using their you know gran grandma's iPad kind of thing. It's, it's an enormous issue. Now when we first began seniors computer clubs, 
we would operate for the whole year and just take you know a couple of couple of weeks over Christmas away. But we now always stop the school holidays because so many of our members are on grandparent duties. Yeah. They're minding their grandchildren. Mm. And so it's very important that they understand how they can help their grandchildren be safe on, online. So mm. what you're doing is just so incredibly valuable and so mm. necessary. But because... unfortunately, I'm not getting to enough of them then. <laughs> <sighs> That's the problem. And it's the ones that know that they have to do this. They know enough about the internet to know that yes. there's more to know. Yes. So we, we've just got to spread the word more and more, Leone. We just have to mm. because it is vital. And, and grandparents are concerned for the well-being for their grandchildren. Now, I, I did a research back in 2005 mm -hmm. asking what, what were the issues and concerns about using the internet for our members. Yeah. Now, number one priority for them was worried about their grandchildren finding porn online. Yeah. That was 2005. I don't think it's changed much. No. We, we are worried about what our grandchildren find on the internet. We're worried about how they uh, happily share all sorts of information on their Facebook pages and the like. Mm. They don't seem to understand that it's not really a good idea to say, oh, we're going away on holidays for three weeks next Monday. Uh, mm. They don't seem to understand that they uh, should, shouldn't be saying, well, okay, uh, netball practices at six o'clock every, every Friday. I won't be able to join you. They're giving all this information away. Yeah, they're doing it they in don't games and on social media and, mm. and all sorts of places. They just don't understand that social media is a wonderful platform, but it can be dangerous. It's, there are things that you just don't share on there. Yeah, we have to develop um, a real change of mindset around that. And I think it also comes from adults that are also unaware of that, Nan. I see a lot I of adults. I think so too. And I mean, the number of children's photos that have been shown on, yes. on Facebook, it yeah. worries me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it worries me a lot as well. And I think there's a sort of a um, laser fair type of attitude towards a lot of that where people say, oh, that's never going to happen to me and that's not a real mm -hmm. problem. Um, and the, the biggest issue that a lot of people misconstrue is they think it's all about the fact that their child might get abducted or something, which is incredibly rare <laughs> in this country. It isn't actually. It's about giving um, a predator enough information about your child that they can befriend them online. That's what it is. They'll know yeah. what they like, what they don't like, who their friends are, where they live, what they do, and they'll be able to build a friendship connection with that person yeah. enough so that that child then trusts them so that when they ask them to do something that's mm. um, obscene or, uh, or uh, mm. illegal, that the child will comply. That's mm. what it's about. Now, you, you just jogged a memory for me, a memory that goes back to when my, my children were young. My children, or my daughters are both grandmothers now. But when one of them was in second class, and that's a long time ago, I got a phone call from someone who said, I have your daughter. And it went on from there. Eventually, okay, I did ring the police straight away. 
they did check she was at school all right. Mm. It eventually turned out that someone had got her name from a Charlie's Chuckle competition in one of the Sunday papers. Her name and her address. Wow, okay. And they had used that information to try and blackmail me. Extort money. So you see, it it hasn't changed. It's just using a different medium. Yeah, and of course, there's a lot more. Of, and there's a lot of more of that it. content out there. Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, way back then, information like that was information used by someone for a very bad reason. Well, we also had the white pages too, didn't we, Nan? Yes. yes. <laughs> but it's it's so much worse these days. I know it's it's really but interesting when you think that you know, every it. year we got delivered a new white pages. I think it was like one, I used to work for the yes. white pages, um, yes. white pages, and it had all our personal details, <laughs> where we lived, our names, phone numbers, and everything. It's horrifying to think about it now, isn't it? Yes, yes. <laughs> so I mean, what's changed? We've just updated. <laughs> That's right. Mm. Well, it's been great talking to you, Nan, about all of these things. If you were uh, to give anyone listening to this any um, insight or advice about about seniors online and what we need to really be aware of during, you probably said it all already anyway, but during this particular time when the acceleration of use of the internet and digital devices is just going to go through the roof from now on. It's never going to go back, as you said before, it's never going to go back to what it was before. No. No. I think probably just to sign off, I'm used to on so many of my letters these days or my emails these days, take care, stay safe but keep connected. Keep connected. That's right. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that's right. Don't be afraid. Mm. Just, no, be, just be, be aware, but be confident because yeah, it's all too good to miss. The only I have thoroughly enjoyed sitting and chatting with you. Oh, I always enjoy chatting with you, Nan. <laughs> now, where's the coffee? It keep, keep whinging. <laughs> now, I'll help the... you whinge. <laughs> where's the coffee? <laughs> the virtual where's coffee. Where's the coffee? <laughs> Here it is, Nan. I'm just passing it to you now. Oh, thank you so much. You grab it from the left hand side. I got it. No, the other side. (laughs) Uh, Yes. So if you want to find out more about Computer Pals, follow Nan's advice. She gave you a phone number and I'll put all that information in the underneath the the video and the the audio so people know where to go um, because they need more volunteers. They need more funding. Uh, If you've got some ideas for fundraising, maybe you can help them with that. Or do some whinging alongside mm. Nan and, and myself. Mm. I'll, I'll do a bit of whinging. Um, it's been great to chat with you. And uh, thanks, everybody, for listening to this episode of Digital Families. Um, if you like this podcast, please leave us a review or some feedback on YouTube if, um, or on your favourite podcast app, whatever you're listening to us on. I'd love to hear what you think. Maybe you've got a suggestion for a potential guest. Tune again in again next week for our next chat about all things digital and how it affects families. Thank you very much.